in today's show. I look back at the 2020-2021 season for the Miami Heat. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. So let's talk about the Miami Heat and their disappointing season. It was ravaged, racked, wrecked by injuries to begin the year. And then it uh, went out in a fizzle in a four-game sweep. Of course, there's no other type of sweep in the playoffs to the Milwaukee Bucks. And a very, very, very big off-season coming up for Miami. They finished 40-32 and 32 this season. 18th best offense, 7th best defense, 29th in pace. So very, very slow. That does reduce the fantasy value of some guys. But for the Heat, they still had a lot of players who were 12-team relevant during the season. Um, guys who sort of fluctuated in and out. Two, obviously, real stars, and then a bunch of other guys who were sort of in and out of things. Not a single draft pick. No first or no second round draft pick for this Miami team. But the, the big stuff is free agency. I've got five guys listed here as free agents. There is more more guys who are out of contract they need to deal with. But the big question is Victor Oladipo, who they traded for. Traded away Kelly Olenek, who obviously was unbelievable in Houston, um, and I thought could have had a better role in Miami when he was there. But that's beside the point. Um, Oladipo's unrestricted free agent. He's not going to be ready, most likely, to start next season. Consistent quad slash knee injuries over the last three years. Um, he claims that he wants $20 million a year. I would claim that I don't want to pay him $21 million a year. There's no way I'd want to do that. He's 29. He's just been rooted by injuries. Um, that is a real interesting one. Is he better than their other guards? Nunn, Hero, Dragic, Robinson, if you want to count him as a guard. He's not better than any of those guys. And at this point in his career, it could be a really, really bad move. I know they traded him and hoped that they thought he could give them something. It, it could work out. I'd say there's a 10% chance it works out if they pay him $20 million a year for multiple years. But it's a real, real big decision. I, I know they traded stuff. It wasn't a huge amount to get to get him. I would be more than happy to let him go if the price is $60 million plus over three years. Trevor Ariza, who they also got at the trade deadline, he's an unrestricted free agent. He did okay. He didn't quite do as well as what Jay Crowder did in that same role last year. But when you're relying upon blokes who are 36 years of age, which Trevor Ariza is, he shouldn't be considered a key part. Some big questions, though, are going to be Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson, both restricted free agents. Robinson, I think, no, I think, I think he, I think he was worse this year than last year and fell off somewhat. Defensively, there's always going to be issues, and I think his overall game lacks a little. Or Kendrick Nunn, despite the fact that he was amazingly second in Rookie of the Year last year, a nonsensical vote. I think he had a better year this year. I still don't think that he's a starting caliber point guard. He cannot distribute or set up an offense for himself. His shooting is okay. Finishing is pretty good. Um, But he's 26 and Robinson's 27. They're not particularly young. 
But I think you want to try and bring them both back. Well, Nemanja Bielic is an unrestricted free agent. They also brought him across at the trade deadline. He's uh, he didn't contribute much. But then they've got $19 million team option for Goran Dragic, which they can choose to decline or not. A $15 million team option on Andre Iguodala as well. Um, they've got The Undertaker, Dwayne Dedman, Max Struess, and Udonis Haslam also out of contract. Struess restricted. The other guy is unrestricted. But that Dragic one and the Iguodala team option, like that opens a ton of... If you let Oladipo, Dragic, Iguodala all go, yeah, it gives you that room to bring back Robinson. But it also gives you quite a bit of cap space for next season. So there are obviously some, um, some uh, big... Big decisions they need to make with those guys. Do they run it back for one more year? You know, 35-year-old Dragic and 30, 37-year-old Andre Iguodala and 36-year-old Trevor Ariza. Are they the guys that you want to bring back plus older young players, older young players like Nunn and Robinson? Yeah, I don't know. It's a re- And the free agency class is not particularly great this coming off season. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know what they do. They're not going to tear it down and rebuild with Jimmy Butler there. They're in a a very precarious position. I know the Miami and they can bring in free agents, but there's a this is a, I feel like it's a little bit of a crossroads. Maybe I'm completely off on that. I just feel like it's a little bit of a crossroad of an off season for Miami. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NBA playoffs are going, NHL playoffs are going, and you can track all of that action at Bet Online. Get the latest news, odds, and info. For all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, and all of your UFC action. So before that next tip, head to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the finals. Head to that website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to use our promo code LOCKEDON and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Well, the Heat, again, they made the playoffs. It wasn't particularly great in terms of that exit, the 4-0 loss to uh, Milwaukee, but the rest of our playoff coverage has been on point on the Locked On Podcast Network. So in our road to the finals, our NBA playoff coverage right across the network is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. So playoff time, enjoy all of our coverage on the Locked On Podcast Network. Jimmy Butler. Because he's my butler. He was the 10th ranked player this season. And to be honest, I did not expect him to be able to do that. And the way the season started out and the way it ended, he had struggles. But in the middle, he was amazing. Last year, or the last two seasons, he's been the 22nd ranked player. This year, somehow he scored more points. He took his steal rate up. He took his assist rate up as well. And he took his efficiency up while shooting still horrible numbers from three. I did not anticipate Jimmy Butler going from a 46% shooter where he'd been around that mark for like five straight years to being a 48% guy. I didn't expect the assists to go from six to seven or the steals to go from 1.8 to two. And while that seems like a small amount, 1.8 to two is huge. It's a big, big jump. And then he, he scored an extra point per game as well. And that vaulted him into the top 10. Now, over the last month, he was the 53rd ranked player. He really fell off. And to begin the year, he struggled. So I think there is real drop-off potential for Butler next year. He's going to be 32. Does the shooting fall away? Yeah, 50% shooting is ridiculous. Obviously, that fell off with him in the playoffs, but 50% from the field is insane from Jimmy Butler. The seven assists, is that a, is that a real number? 7.1 assists, two steals. 
at his age, there, and he's not LeBron, Durant, Curry. He's not those guys. And that tier below, he's not Chris Paul, that tier below sort of player, they can suffer drop-offs quickly. But his advanced stuff was unbelievable. 98th percentile EPM plus 6.4. That's an insane number. Raptor plus 6.2, a positive offensively and defensively. LeBron, tier two player, 5.56. He's He finished at the rim well. He didn't take threes, but he didn't, didn't hit him, didn't take him. Doesn't matter. Got to the line a lot and hit him. Assist rate, unbelievable. 99th percentile for his position, 97th percentile overall. Steal rate through the roof. Just a unbelievably effective season from Butler. And if I have him in a dynasty league, I would not be anticipating any more top 20 finishes. In fact, I think he can have one more top 30 finish and then it's outside the top 50. And that is, again, he's not that elite prospect. So there is going to be drop-offs and they can come at any point. Shout out to LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul Millsap, another one of those players. Now you can tell me that Butler's got the work ethic. He's a drive. He won't let it happen. Yeah, he's a he's a maniac. He gets up at three a.m. to train and all. And that is all one of the largest piles of bullshit you'll ever hear. Jimmy Butler can go out and say anything he wants, and people lap it up. I'm stupidly locked in. I'm really gonna fire up. Yeah, here I am. Proceeds to shoot twenty percent and lose zero four. Like so, he can say whatever he wants. He can be an absolute maniac and do actually things that are bad for his health and his body by getting up at 4 a.m. to, to practice. He can say, oh, now you know it's, it's Jimmy time and we're locked in. He can say whatever he wants. It doesn't actually mean anything. And I think people look at it and go, Jimmy, he's a dog. He's a dog. He's going to be great forever. And that is just absolutely not true. It's, it's not true. So there is that mentality around Butler. And part of playing fantasy and, and dynasty leagues as well is understanding that mentality that a player has, that a media portrays, and that people buy into. The people have this idea about Butler, and they they'll look at him and go, "He's a dog. He just won't let himself get worse." And it's literally impossible to do. So he will drop. He will drop off. Even LeBron is dropping off now. Like he is not the same player, obviously. Now LeBron has been the absolute outlier and ability to stay this good for this long. Nobody does that. And Butler's not LeBron. So there is going to be a drop off. And cashing in on that, while the narrative is still there, maybe it would have been better to do before he absolutely shit the bed in the playoffs. But cashing in on that, I think, is a good move. Let's talk about Bam Adebayo. Bam, 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 bam. If we're going to say that Jimmy was terrible in the playoffs, I'm going to say that Bam was as well. His regular season was good, though. 64 games, 34 minutes. He's... Not yet 24. He's about to turn 24. He averaged 41 fantasy points. Good for 24th. 21st in category leagues as an ADP of 20. Solid as that back-end second-round guy. And I think he will remain there. Best category, 57% from the field. Didn't hit any threes. How was he able to improve from this year to last year? Usage went up. But most importantly, his 69% free throws Giggity. went to 80%. That's the difference, really. Last year, he averaged 16 and 10. With five assists, one steal, 1.3 blocks. This year, he averaged 19 and 9 with five assists, one steal, one block. His field goal percentage was the same. His usage is one percentage point higher. His minutes were the same. But the difference is, is instead of um, shooting 69% from the line, he shot 80% from the line. Like, that's your big difference. He hit an additional half a, half a free throw per game which you know, obviously adds on to scoring, but it also turns him from being that guy who um, you know, sat at 35th last year with that really negative free throw to being completely neutral in that category. 
and was able to push up to become the 21st ranked player. Now, how he gets higher than that, I don't know. He is not a good shot blocker. Not saying he's a bad defender because he's not. He's a, he's a good defender, but he's not a good shot blocker. And, and I don't really think that's going to be a part of his game. So we don't look at that and go, well, he's going to start blocking shots. The assists are great. He's been really good at that. And when Butler does drop off, that is when I think Bam takes a step forward because his, his usage and his assist rate, they do really spike when Butler is out. So that's something you always watch. But over the last two months of the season, he was the 34th ranked player. That's scoring went down, the free throws went down, the free throw attempts went down, the blocks dropped even further. And I think that, you know, if I wouldn't reach inside the top 20 for Bam Adebayo next season is what I'm trying to say. Now, he was really good. Again, all his advanced numbers were really good. Strong EPM offensively and defensively. Second on this team in Raptor, a long way behind Jimmy, but still there. Third on this team in LeBron, second behind, uh, well, Kalianik was second, but his time was obviously split between two teams. He's really, really good. There is a little ceiling on what he does fantasy-wise just because, I think, of the lack of blocks or lack of um, threes. But you know, there is a, he can average. What did he average this year? 19, 19 and 9. 19, 9 and 5 and a half. He can average 20, 10 and 6 and a half, I think, best case scenario. Give it two years. I think he can get there. And that does push him into the top 15. But next year, I think probably 25 to 30 feels a little bit more realistic for Bam um, just, be, just because of um, you know, where he sits. The free throws, still some volatility there. The Butler factor too. Let's talk all the deeper. I don't really know where to go with this guy. 29 years of age, 33 games, 33 minutes, barely played for Miami. We just didn't see him out there at all. Last year, we didn't really get much of him as he returned from that injury, and then we went into the bubble, and he was not himself there. Um, he's a much better points league player than category league guy at this point. 35 fantasy points. That was 54th versus 80th in category leagues, and his best category was his steals. But this is a guy that, you know, back in his prime, he was uh, putting up gigantic steal numbers and gigantic block numbers. The steal numbers are still pretty solid, but they're nowhere near as good as they were. And you know I talk about this all the time. When you're at an absolute outlier number and you fall back to being very good, it's a big drop in value. And his block numbers with his athleticism declining in, due to the injuries, he's not going to get back there. His impact numbers are way down as well. He's still a positive defensively, especially on Raptor, but he was overall a neutral. His EPM was 1.3. That's a pretty good number. His LeBron was um, was not quite as uh, not quite as impressive. But he still was able to be be useful enough as a player at times. But part of my problem with him is he took his usage up to 29%, yet has had has not had a true shooting percentage of above league average in the last three years. 52% this year, 50 the year before that, and 52 the year before that. Yes, injuries were impacting him all of that time. There's no doubt about that. But... Who, are we having confidence that injuries won't impact him as we move forward? I don't think that's realistic to think of with Victor Oladipo. That just isn't what we're going to look at. His mid-range shooting fell off. His finishing at the rim is not great. He's not a good three-point shooter. Hasn't hit above 34% in three years. Never been above 37% in his career. Um, yeah, 80th on a per-game basis this year. I wouldn't burn a top 100 pick on Oladipo. I wouldn't value him as a top 120 guy in Dynasty. I really... He could come out and have this new surgery. Oh, we found out the quad wasn't actually attached. What? What are you talking about? What the hell surgery was done on him three years ago where they didn't didn't bother to put the quad on? They just said, nah, we'll just let it loose. Just let it flap around. 
I go, what? What are you talking about? And now he's going to be fixed because we, we actually made his, uh, put his leg back together. All right, guys. Maybe that's true. I have skepticism. I would not want to invest in Victor Oladipo. Now, if I could get him at a really cheap price in a dynasty league and someone's just throwing him away, I'd, I'd give it a try. There is, you know, because I could look at Max Struess. Sorry, Max for catching strays. He's never going to have a top 80 fantasy season. And the 10% chance that Victor Oladipo does is obviously something you can take a gamble on at the right price. But again, if I had to put money on it, I'd, I'd just say no. Like he's, he's just not going to get there, that injury and the injury history. And the fact that he... And I, I started talking about this before and got sidetracked, is the fact that his brain hasn't caught up to his body. He thinks that he's the player that he was when he was an all-NBA player. He takes horrendous shot selection. His usage is too high um, when he's not good enough to do that. And that was part of my criticism for him in, uh, in Houston and in Indiana, um, that he just takes bad shots when he shouldn't be taking those shots. Uh, he's not the player that he thinks he is. And that can be a real problem when players do not accept what they are uh, currently in their uh, in their current setup and in their current body. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Do you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? Have you got a favorite flavor? What is it? Coconut, raspberry, double chocolate, salted caramel. Even if you don't have a, a, a favorite flavor, just get the mixed box. 18 bars, nine flavors, two of each flavor, so you can try and figure out which one you like best. And these aren't just delicious. They are healthy, with most flavors having 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and just four grams of sugar. Some of the other flavors, just 18 grams of protein with 180 calories. So all really delicious treats that, you know, you're not doing damage to your body. So go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. The promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Victor Oladipo. So if you do have thoughts, you can tweet them at me or drop them in the comments below. Like, where do you think he is in his career? Do you have faith that he bounces back? Am I wrong on this assessment? Uh, yeah, I'd like to hear you. I could be. Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Let's talk about Kendrick Nunn. Um, again, one of those guys that gets overrated quite a bit. And we saw it again this season that when the Heat are healthy, which they weren't, but when the Heat are healthy, he was out of the rotation. He played under 10 minutes in four of his first five games and then was a DMP City for four straight games. Then players got injured and he played big roles. Then they came back and he went out of the rotation again. The thing is that obviously through the season, Butler was hurt, Dragic was hurt, Hero was hurt, Oladipo was hurt. So he got a pretty large role. And in the end, he ended up starting a lot of games, but then got to the playoffs and was exposed once again. He's a guy that can come in he can have the occasional flashy night scoring with some very, very good finishing at the rim. And that and people look at it and I've something, I don't know if it's breaking news. It probably isn't. But a lot of the assessment that people have of players is they look at box scores and they look at big scoring numbers. Yeah, this is the DeMontis Sabonis effect. You know, I was having an argument with someone the other day and I was, we were talking about completely off track, but I'll bring it up anyway. It wasn't an argument. Someone posted this on Reddit. Talking about, yeah, what is better, category leagues or points leagues for yeah, equivocating or you know, equaling real-life value? And someone said, oh, it's points leagues. In my points league, you know, Harden, Giannis, Jokic, um, Embiid, they were, and Sabonis were all the top seven players. He goes, the only problem there was Westbrook was number one. And I said, look, your problem there is, I think you can count that out as being a, a real-life estimation of value if Sabonis is in the top seven. And this guy said, you know, I disagree. I disagree. Sabonis was a beast in real life and in any fantasy format. And that's that's part of the problem there with that. And we'll, we'll go back to Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn in a bit, which is just a little bit of a long runway. 
Yeah, Demonte Sabonis is not even close to sniffing the dick of a top seven player in the NBA. Like, he's not remotely close. He's quite good. I don't think he's quite all-star level, even though he's made the all-star game. There are different things in my mind, whether he's actually like a, a genuine all-star. He's a very good player and, a, and, a, and quite a good star. He's not remotely close to all NBA level, which is top 15 players, give or take. And he is nowhere near top seven in the NBA, right? But people look at him going, look at his scoring, rebounds, and assists. So that's one way that people overrate. The other overrating way that people overrate is through highlights. And they'll see Kendrick Nunn have a big scoring game, but they'll see him also drop you know, great moves. Oh, look how easily he got to the rack. Like basketball is played as a pickup game or one-on-one because he can take a guy off the dribble and get to the rack, which none is quite good at that. Finish at the rim at 67% this year. 47% mid-range shooting. Like that's all really good. Hit his threes. Well, true shooting of 60 is highly efficient. But there's the bad games in between. He cannot set up for his teammates. 13th percentile for assist rate as a point guard. Now, I know Jimmy and Bam run things, but that's horrendous. Um, Defensively, big negative. Overall impact is negative. But because he goes out there and can drop some really good moves and he can finish at the rim, and that looks great. And to a small degree, there's a bit of that with Ja Morant, although Morant's obviously a significantly better player. But... Basketball, and another argument, I'm, I know I'm going off tangent, another argument I had, someone said, the only thing that matters in real life for basketball is scoring. So then, for, therefore, any fantasy league that values scoring the most is is the best one that, that uh, equates to that, which is, again, 100% untrue. But you use those sort of things when you're doing trades. Now, none does get that, oh, man, he's, he's a dog, he's a beast, he's so good. Yeah, yeah, and he also you know, assaulted women. So that, that's fine. He's solid enough as a guard. A solid enough backup guard who can come in, who can be a scorer, but can't run shit, can't defend well at all. In fact, he's a very, very bad defender. And I don't feel good about saying that he would be in the top 30 point guards in the NBA. He finished the season 111th, in, or 108th in categories, 133rd in points. He's averaging 24 points. He shot from the line 93%. That's unbelievably good. He averaged 30 minutes, 14 points, but 2.6 assists. Yeah. 49% is great. True shooting, 60. Look, that is all really good. But there are just so many negatives about his game. He is going to be 26 very soon, a couple of months away. Can he be, you know, is he better than prime Reggie Jackson? Like, not remotely close. Can he ever get to Reggie Jackson's level? I don't think so. But people will overvalue him. Now, things could change on this team. Dragic might go. Robinson might go. None might go. I don't know what team would want to bring him in as a starting point guard. But I do think he gets significantly overvalued. He has these stretches where he can score, you know, 15, 16 points per game on 50% shooting, and there is no doubt that has value. This dude didn't miss a free throw over his last 22 games of the year. Mind you, he took like 20 free throws during that time. So it just doesn't get to the line at all. That's a problem too. But you're being... A sixth percentile free throw rate is obviously horrendous. That's why he hits so many of them. Like that, that's that's a bad number. Um, but a guy again that I think gets overrated. Let me know how far off base am I with Kendrick Nunn? I know you're going to say way off base, but let me know. Tyler Hero. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Thirty minutes a game, fifty-four games. 27 fantasy points. He was 104th there, 131st in category leagues. His ADP was 84. That was insane. It was absolutely insane at the time. People overrated. Look, we're in the bubble. Look how good he was. Yeah, that was some fluky bullshit. Right? A, a terrible defender who they tried to be the starting point guard and had to be benched. 
He's got some upside. I think that's like his upside or his hype has definitely dropped off. He was not very good this year. He can be a solid shooter, but just 36% from three. True shooting of 55, which was the same as his rookie year, is not particularly good, especially in an environment where true shooting average went up significantly this year. It's actually a downgrade in his shooting numbers. His assist rate improved, but defensively, he offers nothing. And part of my problem with him for fantasy is what does he do? Like 15 points, five rebounds, three and a half assists. That's totally fine as a second-year player at 21 years of age, but no steals, no blocks. Poor field goal percentage, doesn't get to the line particularly well. I still think that he's got upside, right? I think he can be better than this. But there, he is, again, not that, oh, Miami's, they've done it again, superstar player in the teens. No, no, he's, he's not that guy. He pulled a funny face in the playoffs. He snarled, raised his lip, and now everyone wants to get down there and know, um, you know, rusty trombone him. That value's dropped for him, so you can't sell high as much on for Tyler Hero in a dynasty league. His advanced numbers have sucked both years because he just sucks defensively. He does have some ability as a passer, and he's absolutely not afraid to shoot. Sometimes he's afraid for those shots to go in, but he's not afraid to shoot. And that that's where the improvement's going to have to come. Now, can he get into the top 100 next year, and how does he do it? Well, the 30 minutes have got to improve, but that's going to require you know, what happens with Nunn, Robinson, and Dragic. That could be there. An opportunity could be there. 22 usage, that's going to increase as the years go on. But defensively, I don't think anything's going to change. And I don't expect him to ever become like a 7-8 assist sort of player. He'll be better than this. He will have multiple top 100 seasons. And the way that he was overrated has probably eased off somewhat now. Let's talk Duncan Robinson, who is, again, an overrated fantasy contributor. Robinson played all 72 games, 31 minutes a night, averaged 21 fantasy points. He should not be drafted in fantasy points leagues at all. He is. He gets drafted and he gets held on to. He should not be. Um, he had 180, 106th ADP, which was pretty high at the time for a three-point specialist. Ended at 138th in categories in large part. Well, not in large part. Literally only because he hits threes. He hit three and a half threes a game. And then he, what, he averaged 13 points, three rebounds, under two assists, 0.6 deals, 0.3 threes. And shot only 44% from the, uh, from the field. He hit 83 from the line, but doesn't get there. So it doesn't actually impact you. He is a three-point specialist, a three-point streamer who has real issues defensively, and that shows up more in the playoffs. His overall impact metrics did drop quite a lot this year, and his true shooting, which was at 69 Giggity. last year, fell down to still a really impressive 63. But when you fall from those heights, which are fueling a lot of your fantasy value, that's when you get into trouble. Last year, he finished at the rim at 81%. Now, he still finished at 74 this year, uh, but he doesn't get there at all. It's all about three-point shooting. And again, I cannot stress this enough, and I do it all the time. He hit 45% of his threes last year. If you look in isolation at this season and say he shot 41%, that's great, and it is. But when you come from 45 to 41, it's a drop. It's a big drop in value, a huge drop in value. And that is, that's, you're going to, when anyone who has those outlier numbers, Miles Turner's blocks, Duncan Robinson's 45% three-point shooting. There'll be other examples we go through this year. You have to expect declines, even if they decline from being out of this world good to very, very good. And that that impacts their fantasy numbers. Robinson is 27 years of age already. He is a very useful NBA player for his shooting ability, but you cannot overextend him and you cannot overrate him for fantasy. He's not that good. 
Trevor Ariza sat out the year in Oklahoma City, came across the trade deadline, played 30 games, 28 minutes a game. He's 36. He averaged nine points with five boards, one steal. Shot 41 and 77, which included 35% from three. He was totally adequate. He was a fine streamer at the end of the year, 153rd in category leagues. But again, he's 36 years of age. Are we actually relying upon Trevor Ariza to be good as we move forward? Is he the guy that the Miami's going to go, we're really happy with our starting power forward? You know, 36-year-old uh, Trevor Ariza, I, I would think no. This was, in terms of metric stuff, his best year ever or for in a, in a long time. But it, it is such a small sample size, it's hard to put too much into that. There were years where he was playing like 2,800 minutes. He played 800 this year. Defensively, though, he is still really good. He still can get steals, and he still can be a useful enough threes and steals type streamer. But you're not going to be a player that we look to draft at all in 12-team leagues, maybe 14-team leagues, definitely 16-team leagues. But still, some solid enough numbers, and defensively, he held up all right. But just too much inconsistency offensively to be considered anything more. Goran Dragic, the iron shoulder. Um, you know, that's, where's he at his career? This is how I feel about all these heat players. He's 35 years old, Goran Dragic. He has stretches of being really good, but he was not able to replicate what he did in the bubble. Not a surprise there. 148th in points leagues, 158th in category, 120 with his ADP. That's a, it's a, a loss if you drafted him there and not someone who was particularly high on, especially coming off the bench. He averaged four assists and three rebounds. Look, they're his best and worst categories, respectively. 13 points, two threes. The 50% field goals are a long way in the past. He was 43 there. Doesn't get to the line particularly well. Yeah, his advanced stuff was all right. But actually, you know what? It wasn't. Negative 1.6 EPM, 55 true shooting. Steal rate low. Assist rate pretty good. But his Raptor was bad. 12th on this team. His LeBron was almost the worst on this team. In fact, the only active player in this team who had a worse LeBron than him was Casey Okpala, who barely played. Because defensively, he just he, he can't do it anymore. Um, his time as a top 150 player is done. The 27 minutes a game he played this year probably should be down to 24 next year. And I think the top 200 is probably his, uh, his ceiling. The Undertaker, Dwayne Dedman, came in. I don't know why he took so long to get signed, but he's 32 as well. 16 games, 13 minutes, 7 points. Shot 71 from the field and 74 from the line. The three-point shooting we saw a couple of years ago from him in Atlanta appears to have deserted him. He shot only 20% this year, and he shot well, a number similar to that last year uh, in Sacramento where he was just uh, horrendous. Very hard to judge out of playing 210 minutes. Finished at the rim well. True shooting was excellent, of course. He had blocked shots still at a pretty high level, but not the same level that he was at the last two years. As a backup center, he was definitely better than the guy that was playing there before, and that was Precious Achua. Maybe they bring Deadman back just to be that guy, especially if they are bringing back the oldies and Dragic and Iguodala. Like having him there as, for a full year as a backup center is fine, but you know, fantasy value is not there. Iguodala, another absolutely ancient player, 37 years of age, 21 minutes. He averaged four points, but he averaged 2.3 assists and a steal. He shot 38 and 66. He, he cannot shoot at all anymore. His impact is done. I think he's 37. It's completely fine. But his impact metrics have been bad the last two years. His true shooting has been bad the last two years. Can't hit threes anymore. His passing is still pretty good, but not quite as good as it was in the past. He can be a steel streamer at times, but there's just not enough value. 
not enough value in Iguodala to be a useful fantasy guy. And again, he's 37 years old. At some point, he's going to have to give it up. His intangibles and defensive ability aren't at the level anymore where you carry his offensive ineptitude. And um, yeah, the role that he played, the 21 minutes a game this year, you'd think that that probably can't last. Nemanja Bialica, another guy who was a disappointment. 37 games, 16 minutes a game. He's 33 45% shooting from the field, 32 from the th- from three. No defensive stats as per usual. He's an unrestricted free agent. On the right team, I think he can have a role, but he had that fight with Luke Walton to begin the year and was out of the rotation. His metrics were horrendous, negative 3.1 um, EPM. His LeBron wasn't particularly great. His Raptor was horrible. His defense is atrocious. He shouldn't be a regular part of a rotation as we move forward. Max Struess. I thought Struess showed some things this season. I thought he was okay. 39 games, 13 minutes. He is 25. He shot 34% from three, 46% overall. Yeah, one rebound and 0.6 assist doesn't get it done. Nine fantasy points looks pretty rough as well. But yeah, I thought overall when he was out there, he looked okay. Now he finished at the rim at 92%. That's never going to be able to stick. And the 50% mid-range shooting is not going to be able to stick. He's not a good rebounder. He's not a great passer. He doesn't turn the ball over. He just doesn't have the ball in his hands. Um, but you know, there's a little bit there with the shooting, with some of the offensive stuff for Struis to make me think that I wouldn't mind having him back, especially if you lose one of Nunn, Oladipo, or Robinson, just to have as an emergency, which they used quite a bit this year, played 513 minutes. I thought he was okay. I also thought Gabe Vincent did his bits and pieces this year, 50 games, 13 minutes, nine fantasy points, shot 87 from the line. thought Gabe Vincent, in the okay, they pressed him into action. He had to start some games. And I thought he did okay. He had some moments of some some real peak, very good performances, some games that weren't quite as good. And overall, the, the 50 true shooting and 31 from three is pretty rough. But just enough that again, at age, what, 24 or 25, he just turned 25. I'd like to give him another one-year non-guaranteed contract, maybe two non-guaranteed years, just to see if he can force his way into being a ninth or 10th man. I think there's something there. Precious Archer, the first round pick for the Heat. I believe I had Precious in the second round in my mock draft. Um, I I don't think that he's going to transition into a very good NBA player. 61 games, 12 minutes, replaced in the rotation at the end of the year. 11 fantasy points, 426th in category leagues. Um, he is obviously a big man who is young um, and he's got to learn the system, but he, he was bad. Offensively, he doesn't 100% know his role. That was part of my concern with him coming out of college is that he doesn't know what he should do and, and can do and can't do. And that that can be a real problem. Now, I think the Miami is the best place for him to be to teach him that. But offensively, he still was a big struggle. But to give credit to him, defensively, I thought he had some pretty decent moments. And as a rookie, as a rookie big man, you cannot ask for more than that. And that is something to build on. Achua played just 12 minutes a game, 5 points, 3 rebounds, half a block. Well, let's take that to 25 minutes. That's a block per game, 10 and 7, 54%. And the 51 from the line is obviously confusingly bad. The three-pointers weren't there at all, and he can't pass. I don't think that there's any ability for him to blossom into a Bam Adebayo player. I don't think there's any ability for him to blossom into Hassan Whiteside type of player. I think he can be a solid enough backup center who, if he does have to become your starter, you probably don't want to play more than 26 minutes a night. Um, you know, could he top out? Best case scenario, you're going to like hate this, but Alex Lynn, 
I just, I don't really, the dude's 6'9 as well. I don't really think that Achua is a guy that you look at as a starting caliber NBA center. Again, it's been one year. He's played 61 minutes. There's a lot of development still to come for all these guys. But this is some bias that I have is that when I scouted him and previewed him coming into the draft, I didn't like him. And then the concerns I had with him from the college tape and from reading and from talking to people translated across to the NBA. So I go, well, that's what I thought would happen. That's what I did. That's what did happen. So very hard for me to go, well, you thought one thing that was backed up, but everything else is going to be completely different as we move forward. That's really hard to to get your head around and I'm not ready to do it. I'm open to the possibility. You'd say there's like a, a 25% chance of him actually turning into a top 15 center. But yeah, 75% chance that he doesn't. And the last play we talk, we're not going to talk about Udonis Haslam's one game. Uh, Casey Okpala, 37 games, 12 minutes. Okpala started some games. He was his early second round pick two years ago. I'm not really sure where he fits. Can't shoot, 24% from three, 11 from mid-range, 12% usage, horrible offensive metrics. Defensively, he's supposed to be good there. Actually a negative on that end as well. Marginal negative, but it's still a negative. Still got some potential. Maybe we hope that he could, yeah, could he develop into that starting Trevor Ariza power forward? I don't think that's outrageous. He is 22, so he's not he's not old. It's not like he's 24, 25. A couple of years away, maybe he moves into that. He's 6'9". He's the same height as Precious Utchwer, amazingly. Maybe he can develop into that guy that's a starting power forward, but what's he going to bring that's good? He's a decent enough shot blocker for that position, but not a good passer, not a good steals guy, not a good shooter, not a high usage player. I don't really ever think there's going to be a top 150 season for fantasy from KZ Okpala. Now it's my time to answer your questions about the Miami Heat. So let's do that. Let's see what questions you guys bring to the table here. A lot of people asking questions about the uh, about the actual heat in terms of keeping you warm. Obviously, that's not uh, that's not what I'm asking. You're, you're really funny, you guys. Really funny. Um, Notorious Nug says they run it back one more time with this group and Oladipo, or do they need major changes? And I said I sort of addressed that earlier on. Notorious, um, it's a very very interesting crossroad off season because if they sign Oladipo, they have to run it back with Dragic and Iguodala and Ariza and those guys because you know these guys are all thirty plus outside of. Um, um, outside of what to you know where where this team goes, um, yeah, with with those players, uh, yeah, Butler, Bam's still young, but everyone else is old, and even the young guys are old, as I said, with well, not Hero, sorry, but yeah, with uh, Robinson and Nunn, they're they're older than you expect. Um, if I was them, I wouldn't want to commit to Oladipo. Cash says, why is Tyler Hero gone from beast to bubble to brick in beast in the bubble to bricklayer? because that was a very limited sample size that he did play well at, but again, was significantly overrated during that time, that that just isn't the player that he is. Um, so I, I don't think that it's that outrageous to look at his numbers. Again, he shot basically the same from the field both years. He had a little nice little run, which players have hot streaks and cold streaks all the time. We shouldn't be surprised by that whatsoever. Um... I think that might be... Oh, last question. Nate Camby, is Jimmy Butler worth the max? Huh. Jimmy Butler's got two years left at $63 million max contract. So it doesn't actually matter if he's worth the max at the moment because he's going to get paid the max for the next two years. After that, in the 2023 offseason, 
No, there's no way you pay him the max at that point. Absolutely no chance. Will he be worth $36 million next year? Probably. Will he be worth 38 the year after? Probably not. That's how I would view that. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Don't forget, give a thumbs up, leave your comments down below on YouTube, subscribe, tell your friends, guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.